Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, everybody, welcome to uh, the CXR chat, this edition where talent leaders are going to talk about uh, the COVID-19 and coronavirus concerns and what they're doing uh, as TA leaders or as organizations and responding. Obviously, you've got uh, myself, Chris Hoyt with Career Crossroads and Jerry Crispin uh, on the line to help facilitate some of that conversation. Jerry, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. And Shannon and Barb, and we've got a we've got quite a quite a crew here. That's right, Shannon's on, Barb's on. We've got about twenty participants dialed in and listening, uh, guys. If you want to chime in at any time, uh, it's an open conversation. This is not just uh, one of those standard webinars, so it's open conversation. Just click the little raise hand button, and Barb will uh, uh, unmute you, and and we'll continue that conversation. And I'll tell you what's interesting: the way these came up, and Jerry, you'll probably want to share this a little bit, but we we had been talking for a couple of weeks about what an interesting thing was going on with with the coronavirus and watching the the headlines and uh, what was going on in China and the spread and wondering how it might impact us eventually. And then, Jerry, about a week ago, uh, you posted something on Facebook on your wall, uh, kind of asking what some folks are doing. Can, can you share what sort of sparked the idea to throw this call together? Yeah, I think it was um, about a week, a week and a half ago when um, the CDC basically came out and said, uh, and there was two things the same day. One was the CDC basically said, hey, um, it's starting to be a problem. Uh, we have, we're now predicting uh, that it's going to get worse um, for quite a bit longer than before it uh, gets better. That was last Wednesday. And at the same time, I guess within an hour or so, um, the New England Journal of Medicine had a front cover article. And that article uh that, that article was way too careful in trying to not um, make things fearful, if you will. And I said, wow, that's, you know, the prudent thing at this point would be to wonder if there are a lot of people uncomfortable or getting nervous or whatever. So then, yeah, I did post the, um, the Facebook uh, thread and within hours there were like 80 comments with uh, folks uh, contributing different links and a variety of different things happening. Not much was happening, and there were there were several folks who basically said, "I don't get it." You know, there's no real problem that I can see because there's only a couple people, even in the United States, who had it, and nobody's dead. And I'm going, you know, I don't know if you're if you can extend data <laughs> a little bit better than that, uh, but. Um, but but that's really where where it was about a week and a half ago, and and clearly a lot has happened since then. Yeah, I, I don't think I got really nervous about it until the White House administration told us there was nothing to worry about, and that sort of raised an eyebrow for me. And I said, "Oh my God, we better start looking into this." So, uh, but you got on that post on on Facebook on your wall, you got about uh, thirty to forty responses in in under a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, yes, and within a day, it was up to about eighty. Yeah. So, uh, and then I, I was talking to a number of people who I wouldn't even thought saw that, and they did. And they started telling me what was happening with their company, and a couple people complained that they're still required to go to work every single day when they mostly remote are remote, that kind of stuff. So yeah. it, was, it was getting interesting. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. And we, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it, but we started um, a session in our talent management, a couple of different threads in our talent management exchange, where we began to post uh, for people to share what's going on, some dashboards. We'll talk a little bit about all of that. Uh, but I think the big piece that we're running with is that, oops, sorry about that. Can you guys still hear me? Yep. There we go. My phone's ringing on my desktop, so <laughs> it's out of control. So uh, one of the things that we thought was really interesting was just to talk about what folks are doing. And this morning, uh, and I'm in the Silicon Valley this morning, uh, fascinating enough, there's no traffic uh, on the freeway. And what was really interesting is that uh, we found out that LinkedIn and Facebook both this morning told their, their employees not to come in uh, to work through the end of March which is sort of a pretty, an interest, uh, pretty interesting sort of stance to immediately take. And while we are seeing folks with challenges uh, or excuse me, with, with uh, travel restrictions, it's really kind of fascinating for us to begin seeing folks to say, you know what, just, just stay at home for a while till we get all of this figured out. Yeah, I was going to say that in, Indeed also announced this morning that there are uh, 90 days that they're going to restrict travel. And I was in Toronto this week and several Americans who were in Toronto with me at this conference um, were called in the middle of the day and their companies not only restricted traffic, they were calling everybody who was out to come back. Yeah, yeah, we had a member company that was doing an all hands or sort of an, an offsite meeting, global offsite meeting. Um, uh, also here in the Bay Area in California, and they had a number of folks coming in globally, that, some that were already here, that were sent home early or had the option to go home early, and, and those who had not already left were told to just stay put. Uh, so a lot of that going on. So Jerry, let's do, we, we kind of bucketed uh, the concerns and some information into, into four things, and it was strategy and communication, and that's sort of what's being done and what are, what are folks telling their employees to do. Uh, candidate experience, obviously a topic for us that we're big fans of that. But of course, you know, how is this impacting uh, the, our, our employers, candidates and their experiences? Individual and personal. So this is, is there a new stance on handshakes? I know, Jerry, you've got an idea about handshakes uh, and our folks opting out of travel. Uh, and then some resources and information we'll talk about there at the end, but news, industry content, uh, official government resources, et cetera. So you want to, um, and I know we've got some folks on the line uh, who have already shared some of their their strategies and communications. But you want to kick us off with yeah. Some my of my thought would be, uh, you know, on the, just on the strategy communication, I think a lot of the people who are here right now would like to know uh, how many of us, and I, and and absent a poll, I think we should be asking uh, how many of you are in fact uh, restricting travel at this point for your members. So that uh, you know, I just love to love to get some sense of that um, here. I see Grant. Can we? Can you just? Uh, yeah. So he can do it himself, right, uh, Barb? I'm in. You're in. Okay, that's cool. Hey, Grant. What's, Hi. What is AARP? I mean, I'd love to know a little bit more about what AARP may be thinking about for old people like me, but, um, but. Uh, how are you? How are you guys handling the communication to employees right now? Well, obviously, Jerry, we're not just old people who work at AARP, so that's that's <laughs> the first part, right? Um, I'm thinking we, about your customers. Your customers. <laughs> yes, yes. So we we definitely have some resources and tips online um, for our our actual members, and um, I, you know, in the confines of these four walls and 
the internet as well. I think they're very similar to what you'll see on the CDC website. So Got it. Um, we're, we're using that platform to kind of leverage for that. Um, as far as what we're doing internally, we haven't restricted travel yet, um, except for out of the country to, um, to Italy and China. Um, so, but we, so we have restricted that. Um, not that we do a ton of that anyway. Okay. Um, but we are definitely looking at things on kind of a, a case-by-case basis and, and are certainly kind of looking towards um, how, from a TA perspective, we can do um, push our managers to doing virtual or video interviewing via Skype as opposed to actually having people come into the office and meet. Um, and we're kind of having preliminary conversations about how, do we, how we would potentially pivot if we need to suddenly tell everybody to work from home. Got it. How about, um, let's just go quick round robin kind of thing. Just mention your company when we call on you. Mark Cochran? Hey, uh, Train Technologies. Uh, so we're similar to that, but we have restricted travel for, I think anything as it was stated as business essential. Uh, and that's even requiring an extra conversation with the leadership to be able to sign off on that. And so how that corresponds to interview, we are also pushing a lot of that towards interview. And if a manager really does really feel strongly about bringing that person in. Okay. It's got to get approved that way. I see Derek is there with uh, into it. I would, I would think you'd want everybody to come to work now because, uh, because LinkedIn and Facebook probably That's right. have sent everybody <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are you doing? So we are, uh, we're restricting travel. Um, to only business critical functions for candidate travel. We're just asking folks who have traveled recently to uh, some specific countries not to come on site. And then we're looking at how we do video interviewing for, for all of our functions. The challenge that we have right now is that for some of those, particularly in engineering, it's very difficult to do live coding virtually. And we asked them to do a lot of live coding exercises during their interview. Got it. Okay. That's an interesting, that's an interesting twist on that issue, but clearly you're, you're in the process of auditing your, your entire journey, if you will, for candidates to see what can be digital and what's going to be a problem. We are. Okay. Who else wants to uh, weigh in on that? I'm assuming most of you are in the similar uh, kind of thing, but uh, let me let me go. Jerry, we, we've got uh, Kelly Cartwright on for Amazon. I think uh, she wanted to chime in. Yeah, we um, we actually were uh, a little earlier than the rest of the, t- the uh, individuals on the phone. We moved to all non-business essential travel last week. Got it. Um, I wish I could share my email box with you all because the amount of email and mobilization that we've had to implement to deal with interviews, because if you can imagine, you know, our volume of on-site interviews that we do on a day in and day out basis, not to mention um, just our new hire orientation. So, for example, just with an AWS alone globally, um, we had to work through the night last night because we had 479 starts on Monday. Uh, globally that we had to really understand, did we want them coming to our office? So to address the first question, yes, we are on 100% all non-business essential travel unless it's really customer impacting. So for AWS, if it's 
a, a, a account management call or something, then they are still traveling. Um, we went to 100% work remote in Seattle in the last 24 hours, and we've just advised our Bay Area offices that they are all working from home. So we, you know, connect so the dots to that, to things like what does that mean for uh do they have monitors, VPN, internet connection? Um, we we serve a variety of, of levels and employees within our um, you know within our environment. So you can imagine the various work streams that have kicked off as a result of this. I would imagine that the expectation of someone who two weeks ago is scheduling to come in to interview for several um, several folks, including recruiting would be a, a real confusion of where are those people now? Cause obviously they may be very well home. Um, and then they're, you're there. The candidate may not have come in as well. Right. So there's, there's all of those reschedules that have to get done. Well, what we, it's interesting because, um, because we're global and we have population, um, in Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, China, um, really we started to mobilize and, and update just our sort of policies and how we were interviewing in that region first. Mm -hmm. So we switched um, to all virtual interviews. We're blessed because we have our own internal infrastructure to be able to do that. Um, we have a solution called Chime. So we were just able to flip the switch, keep the schedule, Got cancel it. their travel, and keep you know, really keep the, 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 the current status quo of the schedule. There was, of course, behind the scenes coordination in terms of candidate communication, canceling their travel, um, but we, we held the schedule and we just moved to virtual. So that was the first wave. Um, and, you know, if the very first wave was, you know, we actually had candidates who traveled from one of the original um, countries that were on the advisory list and came in to our Vancouver office, did an interview, and the people that were on the panel then were quarantined for 10 days. So like, there's all kinds of interesting things that have gone on. So the first wave was asking the candidates, where did you travel to these specific locations? And then making arrangements for them not to come on site, then to moving to virtual for those um, really APJC locations. And then, you know, the original sort of uh, advisory countries, and then, uh, Earlier or late, late earlier this week, we switched to 100% all virtual interviews in all locations. So Kelly, if, I want to I want to switch gears a little bit because you mentioned communication a few times. Is there is there something that you guys were able to do from an employee standpoint? I know Jerry and I talked earlier about uh, some organizations setting up um, call in lines or online portals or resources or you know even a daily newsletter to just stay in constant contact with what's been going on and when they can work from home and how they can dial in. Did you guys have to sort of address that challenge as well? Well, we, um, a couple of things. One, we have sort of our quote unquote HR for HR team who really drove in partnership with our PR and comms team, what the comms were going to be to our employee population. And those were cascaded um, really to like top down cascading. Um, mm -hmm. So to leadership and therefore so forth and so on to the individuals, the teams, we do have infrastructure. We have a page called inside Amazon that every, like that's their homepage when you go to log in. So there's other tooling there that uh, we're able to provide um, that update to. Now I'm talking mostly about our corporate population. I'm not talking about um, our fulfillment centers, which is in like they're in a different, they're, they're being handled differently. And unfortunately I can't really speak 
um, really that eloquently to that side of the business because um, I'm more connected to the corporate side. I think what's going to drive some of the fulfillment centers and some of the other places where people will physically have to congregate is, is, is more of an HR related issue in terms of how they're setting up that environment to make those employees who do come to work feel comfortable. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a key issue. And there was a, a very strong HR webinar that Sherm put on yesterday that unfortunately wasn't all that good for best practices, but certainly if you were a lawyer, you would have, mm-hmm. <laughs> or benefits person, you, you would have gotten some interesting insights for sure. Well, I and one that it would be interesting to hear, I didn't want to uh, sidebar your, your agenda, but even just seeing the details of um, how our uh, infrastructure and facilities were responding in terms of the, um, what it what their cleaning protocol Mm-hmm. and buildings that we owned and where we didn't own. And so it would be interesting to hear some, like just some other people's uh, commentary and what, what they'd actually done at that level. I think it's going to be very interesting. We're going to see a lot more come out and we hope that we can use our website at least to, um, to archive some of, some of those kinds of things as they, as they begin to occur. But I still think we're at a fairly early stage and not too many like, um, like you, Kelly, who have uh, taken actions as early as last week. Marie, how about hey, you? I see you are here. Hey, Jerry. Yeah. Could I just ask Kelly a quick question? Sure. Hey, uh, so I'm curious, you're asking all employees to stay home. What about new hires? Are you creating a virtual onboarding experience for them or had you already done that? Because we're considering doing that for all new hires. Oh yes, this was the last 24 hours. Um, you may have heard me recall the number that we had starting just in AWS on Monday. Um, our communication to those candidates were to go to their location, to pick up their equipment, to execute any of their onboarding paperwork, but to turn around and go back home and they would start on their onboarding plan and they would be working, working um, virtually. But at the same time, you would have to audit whether or not they've got the tools from, or what, what tools they may need. That's part of their, yeah, it's part of onboarding. So if you, if I would show up to my, I'm, you know, Sam Jones and I show up to my said location because there's so many different locations. Um, They know what equipment, to issue me based on Got it. that okay. that's sort of all part of, um, of onboarding. And so they're issued that equipment. And then for corporate employees, we actually have, um, you know, elector onboarding plans, which are accessed electronically and they can, it, it, it's a multi-month journey for their onboarding. So the first couple of weeks, they can actually do a lot of good work um, outside of the office. Okay. Yeah, I know that um, she's not on the line. She was going to be here to share with us, but Heather Flynn from ASML shared uh, their their document, and I think she's actually going to put that in the exchange for our members to read. But candidates that were coming from high-risk or medium-risk areas were told to self-check, I think, for symptoms uh, for two weeks and then uh, after returning from those areas, and then in case of any symptoms, uh, asked to self-quarantine for two weeks and consult a doctor. So a lot obviously be, being put on the candidates and that trust factor, but uh, it's kind of an interesting piece to see who who sort of leaves it up to the candidates and, and who else says, let's just pump the brakes and go virtual. Right. I think it's a matter of time though, before we're gonna see a lot, a lot more from that perspective. 
Hilton has got to be thinking about a whole host of things. Yes, we are. Um, hi, everyone. Nice to see and or hear your voices. Um, we are moving to an almost all virtual model for candidate interviews. We will, in select cases, and that needs to be approved by me, we will invite the candidates to come on site. If they're local, we'll still invite them on site to our corporate offices, but we are uh, really working to not have candidates fly unless they need to. Um, and certainly we're giving them the opportunity not to and try and make hiring decisions as much as we can virtually. And is that across the country? Is that across the country, Sarah? Or is it, is it applied differently at different levels? No, this is global. Great. So that impacts, that certainly impacts a lot. Is, the, is there a constant conversation between uh, or within HR that incorporates not just uh, talent acquisition, but also, I assume, uh, benefits and everything else that's going on because I suspect there's a tremendous amount of conversation yep. going on right now. I, good. <laughs> it's 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 beyond constant. I would say this. Okay. Is, and it and it's you know my mantra to my team, some of whom I think are, are trying to join this call, is uh, that we what I tell you today could be different tomorrow. Right. Um, and we all have to just sort of flex with it. So. So I think that that makes a lot of people feel a little more comfortable that the reality is that this is a, a time to do the planning, to have the conversations, to develop some of the expected outcomes, but to test them literally almost in real time to see if they if they happen. And, uh, you know, I mean, we'd all pray that it gets better tomorrow, but yeah, I will also say that we've gone to a much more centralized approach. Um, you know, normally I really sort of let the regions run by themselves and I'll, I do check ins as opposed to but You know, we've now centralized all the processes, approvals to go external hiring has to be approved through me decisions related to, you know, internal mobility or internal transfers are coming through me centrally now too. And that's so that we can really start to think not just about contact tracing, but also expense management. And if we want to push out hiring to the Q2, those, all those pieces are coming through for me centrally at the moment. One of the things that um, hit me, um, and it's not to switch or anything, but I want to, I want just want to try to cover a little bit of each of these things. Um, I listened to the full hour that Society for Human Resource Management did yesterday, um, and it was it was actually a, a pretty impressive hour, particularly if you were in HR, in benefits, or lawyer. Um, and and they covered a number, especially of U.S. Uh, laws and policies related to benefits, related to leaves, uh, dis, you know, long-term disability, et cetera, and indicated what the triggers were. That, um, that webinar is now available on demand. And I would recommend, even from a TA point of view, that um, leaders in every company should be listening to that, not so much from a best practice point of view, although they say best practice over and over again, they actually don't contribute to any best practices. They just tell you what you're at risk for. If in fact, um, one of your employees goes to a meeting and comes back and you can track, track back that they got um, uh, the coronavirus from that meeting, business meeting, it does trigger uh, long-term disability eventually if needed. 
So there's a lot of issues. So have we put that in the exchange yet? I mean, we can do that if we haven't, I suppose, a link to it. I'm I'm not sure, but I will double check before, you know, before I leave today and make sure that it is in there. (laughs) Um, I will also say, though, that SHRM has taken all of their tools and other resources and put them behind the firewall for members only. And in my opinion, SHRM should be offering that publicly. And so um, I would encourage any of you that are connected to SHRM uh, with a little clout to send them a note and saying, hey, you know, we, we, we should be giving this to everybody, this kind of information to everybody at, at the very least. I but, wonder, so there's a lot of talk, you know, we talk a little bit about onboarding and we're talking about how this may impact uh, workers' comp or benefits or disability, but I'm wondering if there's anybody on the line that this is actually for, because speaking for us, I mean, we just postponed uh, our first meeting because of the coronavirus, right? We were due to be in San Diego, uh, I think next week. Uh, and we've sort of put that on hold because of the concerns with travel and trying to be sensitive to that. Uh, and of course, safety first for everybody. But it's also sparked some conversations. And I'm wondering if other people are having the same conversations around how this sort of forces some of us to look again at uh, the digital components of what we do within our work, whether that's you know conferences that we are going to or that we are hosting, uh, whether that is work from home policies that were sort of guidelines before, and maybe now we need to put some rigor around them, or even interviews. Uh, and Derek, I, I want to pick on you because I know you guys had um, you guys had a, a, an activity or an event that was going on out at Intuit this week, and uh, I think you made the very smart choice to try to do some of that digitally. And I'd, I'd love to know if that was sort of a new approach for you, if you think that's actually going to ripple and force you guys to maybe uh, rethink rethink some of that in the future and how you deliver it, coronavirus or not, right? Just the impact that that's had on your outlook. Oh, it definitely will. We had spent several weeks planning this multiple day uh, where we had all of our uh, folks across the world come in for a three-day event. And then we had to instead make it a day and a half virtual event. So I think uh, it's forcing us to rethink how we do everything digitally. Uh, In fact, um, we've got a seven day a week meeting right now with a bunch of our teams across the organization sort of building some business continuity plans for how we would do essentially every critical business function virtually, which is something that we should do anyway and this is kind of a forcing function uh, to make us do that, but isn't something we were uh, set up to do. Um, D- definitely bumps it to the front of your agenda, doesn't it? It does. So it Qualtrics does, sure. canceled Qualtrics canceled a conference, and I, I get the number. It's either fourteen thousand or, or sixteen thousand, whatever it was. Sixteen. Expe- sixteen. Thank you. Sixteen thousand expected attendees uh, in the name of safety, and then Facebook also had a big developers conference. They had canceled just before that. Uh, and and had issued something saying that they were going to move an awful lot of that content to digital to try to do virtual for folks who who could still try to attend virtually. So yeah, we uh, had uh, we had a big customer event in London that we call QuickBooks Connect for all of our global customers, and we canceled it. And we're trying to rethink how we deliver some of that content. SourceCon just um, canceled their event in a couple of weeks as well. Well, they're going to oh, they did. They're well, going to turn it into a digital event. Right. Yep. From uh, from Shannon, and and what this will do, if you think about it, if you extend that point of view, it's going to force all of us to think more clearly about 
how we do deliver um, online learning. I know that my college and uh, several other major engineering colleges have already basically told the students that within a day, a week, or two weeks, they're going to be sent home. And because all of the professors in the college are being forced to make sure that they can deliver all of their learning online. And, and so those schools that haven't yet you know, fully done that or been able to do that 100% are going to be behind uh, very quickly. And then I you, think have, you have Japan sending, mm. <laughs> closing all their schools as a decision and then suddenly realizing that if you close all the schools and send all the kids home, now you have all of the people whose kids they are who are going home too. And, and Japan's not really big on work from home for any number of reasons. And so there, that, that whole society is beginning to shift a little bit in a, in a way that we've never seen before. So, yeah. So I think regardless of the, the, regardless of how the sort of coronavirus ends up playing out, uh, I think this really forces not, not just into its hand, but forces everybody's hand to take a really good look at, and maybe even a, a skip level uh, digital evolution for how we work and, and how we learn. I, Chris, I'd actually already thought about that and was thinking about how, what sort of metrics we would start to look at to um, say, hey, did time to fill drop while we were all working remote or doing video interviews remote? Are there things that we could potentially, um, you know, start to collect and, and, you know, give that case at the end when suddenly the office is back open? Well, we're not going to necessarily go right back to it, right? Who, right. you know? Great. Do you but say no, the virus no, just it forced a digital pilot on everybody? Is that what we're talking let, about? Yeah, let no crisis go wasted, right? <laughs> I, plus one on that. We've been talking about, you know, doing a pilot of all virtual interviews. It's Kelly, by the way. And um, but interestingly, we did we, we did come up with a set of metrics that we're looking at for, quote unquote, impact analysis of moving to virtual interviews and some other things. So we're going to be watching those week over week. Okay, I just heard our next topic. I just heard our follow-up topic to the coronavirus, the, yeah. the digital impact on, on talent acquisition and talent management. That's interesting. Uh, let me throw one more clinker in. Um, uh, and, and these were some of the things I was thinking about when we were doing a little bit of research over the last few, few days. And when we were getting those 85 uh, people responding early on, um, one of them is uh, the extent to which many of you have large clusters of employees who live in particular areas, you know, in Seattle, north, south, east, west, whatever. And, and there are some issues around the readiness, uh, preparation, and uh, the ability to execute at scale uh, for the healthcare facilities in that area. And auditing those facilities might be a prudent thing for some of your biggest headquarters, just to make sure that you, <laughs> that you know to the extent that they're either capable or not capable uh, in some cases of being able to handle your employees should there be something severe. Um, I think it's going to be interesting because we have certainly have an awful lot of um, folks in our country who are underinsured and, uh, and fundamentally are going to be uncomfortable going to uh, places where they um, may feel that they have to pay a lot or, or where they feel that they're going to not be treated in a way that um, gives them uh, some safety. So it's gonna be an interesting time, I think, looking forward.
So, Jerry, just uh, well, let me open it up. I mean, does anybody else have anything they want to ask? Uh, Tom, what are you guys or... doing in Corning? You, you know, you're nice and isolated. Are you just going to close the border? <laughs> He's sitting there trying to figure out how to. There you go. Trying to figure out how to unmute, but I figured it out. You did. You've got to take yeah. the mask off. You got to take that little paper mask off to talk. Yeah, that's why I'm not sharing my screen. It's all good. <laughs> you know, so like most companies, right, as far as travel goes and restricting travel, you know, based on the region of the world, you know, we have a matrix to uh, help people go through the approval process and make the decision on travel or, or no travel. And then from a candidate perspective, um, we haven't completely switched to virtual yet, but our global security operations team um, has a group of uh, a listing of questions that we'll ask candidates prior to their arrival. Um, to make sure that they're okay to visit the facility. Our, is the is that that list an extensive list? Uh, it's about six, it? about six questions. Okay, and obviously that we're all dealing in real time because if if for some reason there's a big cluster in a given state or city or something like that, you're probably going to end up adding that. Yep, it, it'll add on to it. It's a like everything else that we're talking about here. It's. Uh, situation that continues to evolve and you adjust as needed. Okay. We are so, open. What's the conversation? What would people, what are people concerned about most? Yeah, who's got a topic that uh, we haven't brought up? Uh, um, that they. Well, people are thinking, this is Barb. We have, a, we have a question from Marissa at Marriott. She's dialing in so she can't talk. I'll ask it for her. Her question is, have any companies had a business decline causing um, hiring pauses or any sort of impact on recruiting? Oh, so is coronavirus causing a, is causing a hiring freeze or hiring pause? So t Tony Lloyd, uh, you're on from BASF, uh, and I think we've got you unmuted. Have you guys seen any change yet to rec load or, or hiring forecasts yet so far? Chris, yeah, thanks. Uh, we haven't seen any changes to rec load as of yet, and we actually looked at that today, but it's but it's going to happen, right? I mean, in our industry, and I think we all know this, um, you know, nine times out of 10, you're probably not going to hire someone completely virtually, uh, at least in our industry, they're going to want to have that face-to-face um, -face discussion. I think that's where, uh, that's where it's going to be impactful. Um, you know, so we haven't seen it slow down yet, but it, I, I do think it's coming. And, and while I'm on the line here, I mean, we're doing similar things to everyone else, global restriction on travel, uh, you know, domestically, you know, only business critical travel, uh, establishing temporary telework arrangements for people. But some of the interesting things that I wanted to just mention was what we're trying to educate employees about. I mean, as, as you kind of think about it, some of these employees, um, you know, well, most of them have not had to deal with something like this before. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we're even going as far as helping them out in communications, but, you know, one of the benefits that we offer is backup care uh, for childcare. So it's one of the benefits that we offer, but we have to remind them that, you know, if you've traveled to uh, an area that ha has had some kind of exposure lately, your kids shouldn't be going to backup care. You know, you should all be quarantined, um, you know, for, for those 14 days. 
Um, so it's little things like that that we're trying to uh, work through and how to communicate to people um, out there just to kind of help them make the right decisions to uh, help mitigate this. Um, and are you doing broadcast similar? So ASML has a portal. Uh, Kelly said they, you know, they've got a, a page set up at Amazon where, and also sitting communications out. Or how are you guys communicating that to, to your employee bodies and, and their families? It, it's it's similar. I mean, there's constant updates on the global uh, intranet page that is broadcast out via email, and then de- and then regionally, we're all handling it in uh, very similar ways. Whether it's manager correspondences, all employee correspondences, uh, and so on. Uh, one of the interesting things for us um, is with BASF being a chemical company, we have a fairly significant um, environmental health and safety group who already had a pandemic plan. Uh, in place. Um, So various different levels from zero all the way up to, I think, four or five. Um, And it does kind of outline all the various different steps that need to be taken. So, uh, and I think it was, uh, I think it was, who was it? Um, I think it was Kelly from Amazon asking about, um, you know, the, you know, when do you contact cleaning crews to actually come in to your facilities to, I mean, that's, that's in, that's in our very first step (laughs) Uh, or one of our first steps is to have those cleaning crews come into the facilities or to at least inform them that, Hey, you need to uh, step up your game uh, for some of these areas to make sure you're disinfecting completely um, and, and so on. So I thought that was interesting might want to also make sure that they are conducting the same kind of activity that you're conducting with your employees because if you have infected infected cleaning crews coming in you got a you got another problem exactly so i'm i'm going to chime in for a second jerry for marie artem who is yes i I was going to do the same thing i'll let you read it go ahead well basically she said you know retail and customer facing kinds of businesses like Enterprise, like Hilton, like like any of the, um, you know, restaurants, et cetera. There's a whole set of additional issues. And and Kelly mentioned it earlier, too, in terms of the, uh, the facilities in which there's an awful lot of people um, who are who are working together and and the implica- and, and where you're going to be dealing with customers. There is going to be, uh, I think, a need for almost real-time polling of your employees to make sure that their concerns are are addressed with good information, um, reasonable responses, uh, and and perhaps additional support that companies have not thought through. If, if schools get closed and kids are home, what are you doing in terms of support relative to daycare or, or workarounds, et cetera, in relation to some of that? If, if in fact the, the parents have to go to a, um, you know, a physical place to work, so there's there's a whole set I think of issues around that. The extent I'm I went to the supermarket just yesterday, and there was a, a new huge <laughs> barrel of wipes at the door, and literally everybody walking in and walking out was using it, and I'm going well. Um, we may be improving our contagion for flu too, so. Well, I'd like to add a secondary line of support, too. If you're considering having, uh, you know, where folks are going to have to be home with young kids for a long period of time, you might need to set up extra support for them so they don't lose their minds being stuck in the house for a week with little ones. And and Sarah, I know you're talking with um, uh, folks in the HR side of things who are looking at, you know, how do we treat our, our employees in a way that makes them comfortable? And obviously, 
you know, Hilton is about as customer facing as you can possibly be at the, at the, you know, at the hotel level. Um, are there anything, is there anything particular that you can share relative to the thinking at Hilton? Uh, there's not a lot that I can share publicly, as you can imagine. Yeah. We have no, no, a lot of, fair. yeah, we have a lot of guidance with our team members in the hotels today um, around how to protect themselves and how to make guests feel comfortable and safe. There is obviously a lot more protocol. This is, you know, a, a company that has a lot of protocol around cleanliness, as you can imagine. So there's a lot more protocol around that as well. Um, in the news, and I think that this, if you did a search on this, we had one guest at the Hilton Waikiki Village, Hilton Grand Vacations Waikiki Village, which is a separate company that still shares our name, um, that tested positive, and as the result, we had one team member exposure. And that's the only team member exposure that I'm aware of out of our 463,000 people worldwide, which is comforting. Um, but we're taking a lot of measures around team member safety today. That's great. Well, when, when, and I know that much of the discussion in many companies goes to a particular level where it becomes, um, it, it's not, not ready for prime time yet, but as, as that becomes more public, we appreciate any, any sharing that can be done uh, just so it can inspire others to, to take a look at that as well. And I'm going to send a similar note. I know uh, Disney's cruise line, for example, ought to be uh, busy doing an awful lot of different kinds of things, given given the number of cruise ships that uh, that got hit in in, um, in the last week or so. Hey, Jerry, I, I would be interested to hear what people are thinking about non-employee type of labor as well. So are you thinking things differently from a perspective of temporaries or, or statement of work people or um, interns? Is there are there different ways that you're approaching those as well? Are you are you allowing interns to do, for example, remote internships, or are they just not working while they're while the offices are closed? So you know, those are some things that we're thinking about here as well. Boy, With no firm answers yet. Is has anybody had that discussion and come to some conclusion in terms of their approach? I think it's a, I think it's a good one to add to the checklist. Yeah, this grant. Mark again at Train Technologies. We haven't yet, but I think our early talent program. We're planning to. We're planning towards, you know, those starts late May, early June. So there, I'm sure, will be some impacts on. Do we bring that group of kids onto campus like we normally would in a, in a regular year? So, and I, we don't have an answer yet, but I think that's on our mind too. So I was going to also ask that question. I think so. We'll drop that in the early career. I think exchange. That's a, that's a really good question given the timing of the year. I agree. I agree. There's going to be a whole host of them depending upon, and again, I think it's going to be real-time kind of approaches. No one's going to deal with it until it starts getting to the point where you've got to deal with it uh, because there's so many things up front that you have to get, get working on. I, I think this is going to be interesting from that point of view. So, Jerry, we're at we're, we got ten minutes left to what everybody we promised, but there were uh, to the time we promised everybody. Yep. But we've got some resources that uh, you had whipped together, and another one I'll talk for at the end. Uh, do you want to walk folks through this piece, and then and then I'll roll into the next one? Yep. Um, and without going, I guess, to those links, the um, uh, Chris Chris had found a, a couple really interesting visual dashboards. I thought this this one on the spread of uh, Corona, and there was another one that was a visual one relative to this um, uh, how fast 
how fast a disease contracted as well. Um, both are kind of being used in real time so that they seem to be updated typically on a 24 hour basis. And so it just gives you a very, just a quick visual of the extent to which uh, it's, it's moving around the world. Uh, receiving alerts from the CDC uh, about coronavirus. Uh, somebody in your organization, I'm sure, is getting all of that. Uh, it wouldn't hurt <laughs> if you were getting it as well. Um, Must-read guides I thought was interesting. Um, I, I kind of made a joke out of the, the not only the hand-washing, but the, the hand-shaking, because uh, I think uh, Sherm mentioned about five times you got to get rid of hand-shaking, and then you saw somebody doing it. Um, if we can figure out some way that would be really cool for people to greet each other uh, face to face without um, sort of an air handshake, um, that would be kind of cool. I haven't figured that one out yet, but um, I, it looks like that's going to be a new, new, the new thing. And um, CDC's comprehensive situation update, I believe, is getting updated on a regular basis. And so I'm, I'm just a fan of trying to find where is the most factual information. The estimate of death rate is the one that's, that actually personally concerns me the most. If it were 0.1 or 0.2, I probably wouldn't care much about this whole issue. It'd be like, let's get over it and move on to the next flu. But, um, but if it's going to be three or two or something along those lines, and we're talking about 20 times flu or 30 times flu, we're going, we're going to have some serious issues as that progresses um, over the next uh, few months. And if it comes back next year, it's a big deal. So uh, I'm trying to track when, when we can uh, get some really good data on that. And I have not seen anything um, better than um, the kind of the anecdotal pieces that come out of official um, uh, webinars. And Sherm's was 2.3, but I've also heard 1.4 and 3.4. So there's that. And, um, and then the last was simply to um, remind folks that there's something you'd like to share or there's a question you'd like to ask um, we'll be monitoring that and working to try to add to that and suggest other places that you can go. I know that uh, there's a uh, matrix that Lars Schmidt uh, is trying to put together so people can see what the layoffs might be, what the conference are, conferences are, et cetera. So we're, we're going to try and provide um, links to almost all of the resources that we find that seem reasonable. Yeah, Will, for, for those of you at home that are, uh, you know, rapidly scribbling down what these URLs are, don't worry about it. We'll drop these in the exchanges so you can click on them pretty easily. Um, there is uh, one of my favorite pieces of the dashboards that Jerry did mention. There's a dashboard that actually shows recoveries uh, as well. And, of course, that's just from confirmed illnesses uh, or folks who have uh, contracted it. But it's a really interesting look. So you'll enjoy that. Those That's already in the exchanges you can see. Uh, as you guys know, we have about 30 CXR exchanges and they're all topical, but of course we've got one that was started recently uh, in the talent management space where we're dropping a lot of this and it's open. If you're not sure how to get there really quickly, you can just go to cxr.org slash coronavirus. 
uh, not the URL we wanted to have, but it's the URL we got. Uh, and it'll drop you, you click join the conversation, and it's gonna take you directly into uh, the forums for this. And this is just a quick snapshot that we took right before the call. Uh, you can see some conversations already going on. There's a poll in here with regards, I think we got about a dozen companies that have already answered about the company putting uh, travel restrictions in. Jerry's posted a remote work checklist. Uh, the crowdsourced document that Jerry mentioned that's being done by Amplify Talent uh, with regards to conferences and travel restrictions, et cetera. That's a great resource. Uh, you can add to that and check that out. There's a really, really interesting story map uh, that I posted yesterday that I think everyone should just take about five or 10 minutes to read. Not only does it give you some live stats on what's going on, but it, it, it walks you through visually even uh, how this uh, began. Uh, in China and actually how they tracked it and then how it began to spread. And it's just really well done. It's the easiest uh, place I've found so far to just really kind of wrap your head around this. Uh, and then of course, we've got some live dashboards that are dropped in there, some internal learnings and suggestions that Jerry posted and on and on and on. So we'd ask that you guys post them too. Uh, I think Heather Flynn that we mentioned earlier, from ASML is going to go ahead and post in uh, the document or just a quick outline of what they're doing at ASML. And I think her hope was to ask what everybody else is doing as well. So we'd encourage, you know, folks like Kelly and Tony and um, Derek, if you have a little outline that you guys have just even circulated internally and you want to drop that in so folks can maybe even build on those or start their own. Uh, we think that's a really great way to pay that for it. I, I don't think you've probably got anything in there from a risk standpoint or, or a privacy concern. Yeah, I, I would say, though, that um, as you as you may know, all of our exchanges are either public or private. And so we we do have a couple public ones and this one is public. Mm -hmm. So if you if you feel it important to anonymize what you put in there, that's fine, too. Just let us know. We can send it to Jerry and I and we'll post it uh, and we'll, we'll just strip out anything that's identifying. Yeah. Uh, but I, I suspect that that's not going to be a problem for the most part, because most of that information is is getting to the public in one way or the other. But um, but I just want you to be aware of that. We decided that um, I think it's, it's important that not only our members have an opportunity to engage one another, but um, we can. There's a whole host of great companies that are not members that that fundamentally may be doing some interesting things and we'd like to get them. Uh, to post and engage as well. Uh, and of course, with that, I want to tell everybody have a wonderful and safe weekend. Uh, and please, uh, you know, don't don't go skimpy on the hand sanitizer this weekend. So keep an eye on the news and try to be safe. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.